BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Balanced Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger. And today you've got me for not only a solo episode, but my final solo episode of the year, my final podcast episode of the year, and also the final episode before my maternity leave. So there's a lot going on over here. By the time this episode comes out, which is a couple weeks after I'm recording it, who knows if my baby will be here already, our little boy, or not. It's the mystery of the century. I'm sure every person who has a baby feels that way, unless you have a scheduled induction or something, that it's just this huge mystery here at the end of when will he come. And my due date, as many of you know, is Christmas. It's kind of a hard day to forget. It's a important and special, beautiful day. But I have felt for so long now that he's coming early. And I'm also completely surrendered to the universe and to him, to our little boy, about when his soul and his spirit is ready to come in. So if I've already had the baby and I've already been posting about it on Instagram and all of those things, um, you can just giggle with me at the fact that I'm recording this now, having no idea. Today is December 2nd. So last night in the middle of the night around 5 a.m., so that's not really the middle of the night, but the the middle of the morning, early wee morning hours, I started to have some miniature contractions, which is the second time that I've had contractions over the last week and a half. So not only does my intuition tell me that he's coming early, but my body's telling me things are happening, <laughs> things are brewing and are preparing. And I was actually going to record this episode, this final episode before maternity leave with Jonathan, because you guys love hearing from him. He's such a fun co-host. He's probably going to take over the show for a little while while I'm gone. But first, we're both going to take time with our baby. And then I think he might come back, host some episodes, or potentially we'll co-host some episodes together, which is still all very TBD, but we'll keep you guys posted. But anyway, I wanted to record this episode with him. And I'm just feeling like this time is so precious. This time is truly running out before my eyes, before I give birth. And I actually had to record this today as just a solo in the middle of the day today. It's noon because Jonathan wouldn't be home until later, of course. And I just don't have any energy at night. So here we are. It's me. I think it's just supposed to be a solo episode and we'll be hearing from Jonathan plenty after the baby comes. And 
I mean, honestly, I just want to thank you guys so much for being here and being a part of this podcast family and community for the last five years. Definitely don't want to get too overly sappy about this because you guys know how I am. I have so much love in my heart for all of you guys and for everyone who listens to this podcast and supports. And I can't believe I've been doing this for five years. You guys have been here the whole time, the longest I've ever taken time off in the past is when I was really sick with Lyme right before my wedding. And during our honeymoon, I took like two months off and maybe, I don't even know if it was a full two months or if it was like six weeks five weeks, something like that. So this is a pretty big deal to step away for a little while. It's a big deal for me as a workaholic and somebody who runs my own business. And I know I've gotten a lot of questions on how to be an entrepreneur and take time off because it's not like anybody is paying me to be on maternity leave or anything like that. I wish that would be amazing. Um, So I do want to get into that in this episode. And then also I just wanted to say, because I'm a workaholic and I care so much about this brand and you guys, it's very, very hard for me to step away. And I want to show you guys, it's like extra important to me that I do step away during this time because I want to show you guys how deserving we all are of living slow and of cherishing these monumental steps in our lives, like having a baby and bonding with our baby. And I'm reading a book right now called The First 40 Days, which I'll talk more about probably in this episode, which is all about how important the first 40 days of this baby's life are, not only for the baby, but also for the mother. And those 40 days set you up for, basically in Chinese and Ayurvedic traditions, set you up for the rest of your life and for middle age and for aging gracefully and beautifully and also for the fertility of your body for future children and just the health of your body overall. Because basically the whole idea is that pregnancy is a very yang time. So there's the yin and the yang and the yang is full of the heat and your body is full of heat and you have all of this blood volume and your womb is producing so much warmth for this baby, you're full, you're full of heat and inflammation and everything that comes along with heat, but mostly it's just so beautiful. You're so beautifully full. And then when you have the baby in these Chinese and Ayurvedic traditions, they would say you move to the yin, which leaves a lot more space for cold, for wind, um, for depletion, of course. We are giving all of our nutrients to this birth and labor process and to this baby who's, if we're breastfeeding and we're just giving so much of ourselves, we're not sleeping. And then being in that too cold, too yin, too windy um, vata, an Ayurvedic state for too long, they would say could set you up for a lot of what happens after pregnancy for many, many women, which is anxiety, postpartum depression, insomnia, sleepless nights, and then future issues down the line with health. So just a lot of health issues that people probably don't even trace back to giving birth or to how well they took care of themselves after birth or even what they've had access to, to take care of themselves after birth. So that's something I do want to talk about in this episode. And I also just want to say, to bring it full circle, um, that that's why I'm taking this downtime and why it's so important to me, because I really want to show you guys and remind you guys 
we can live differently. We can live against the status quo. We do not have to fall prey to society's standards and expectations and what seems normal. And what is normalcy anyway? We are allowed to take time for ourselves. And I know, I always talk about this, I'm not from here. I'm an alien. I'm a reflector. I am basically, you know, not always the best at doing all the human things. So it's extra important for those of us who feel ultra sensitive in the world to take such good, deep care of ourselves and to pave the way to do things differently and to live differently. So if anything, I hope I can be that reminder to you guys. And also I'm excited for this downtime because I also, like I said, haven't taken time off in so long from the podcast, blog, social media, working with brands, being so on grabbing my phone first thing in the morning as much as I don't believe in doing that. I still do it all the time. It still happens. I think this is going to be like a creative break that is going to be so fulfilling to my creative juices and to my flow state and to everything that wants to pour forward creatively from me and the Balanced Blonde here on out. I have so many ideas, so many ideas. I don't even know where to begin if I get really open in this episode. I'll probably tell you some of the ideas and we'll see what ends up coming to fruition. And before we dive into it, and I'm also going to answer some of your questions that you sent in on Instagram. And I promise this will have somewhat of a nice flow to it, although we're really, really just chit-chatting. Um, and I'm in my bed with Hudson, so you can feel like we're all just hanging out because we are. Before we get into all of it, I want to thank our first sponsor, for today's show, a brand that I absolutely love and also a brand that would make an amazing holiday gift. So I'm happy to be talking about it in December, The Art of Tea. Art of Tea is an award-winning organic tea company based in Los Angeles, and they're on a mission to impact as many lives as possible through healthy, delicious, and sustainable brews and blends. The founder and CEO of Art of Tea started the company in 2004 after forming a passion for Ayurveda, something that we're already talking about here in this episode, and alternative medicine. And since then, Art of Tea has become a leading purveyor of organic and specialty teas. They, of course, have a special deal for you with the code BLONDE. Code BLONDE will get you 20% off your entire purchase at artoftea.com until the end of January. And that is very exciting. And they also have an entire wellness collection, which is so up our TBB alley, you guys, with handcrafted tea blends rooted in Ayurvedic principles that are each designed to help target specific needs. Their wellness tea sampler, pack brings together their cleanse tea, feel better tea, happy tea, and sleep tea. And today you can purchase that and anything else in the wellness collection for 20% off using that code blonde. And something that I really want you guys to know is that the quality is very, very, very much there with Art of Tea. They believe in only using the highest quality ingredients and they source all of their teas from the top 2% of all teas produced in the world directly from family-run farms. They also hand blend and hand package all of their whole leaf teas in LA. So every time you order... Your order will be made fresh just for you. And they also produce their own tea bag sachets in-house, which is really important because we don't want to be worried about non-organic materials or microplastics going into our tea bags, which is a whole other issue, which is why I'm really, really, really picky when it comes to my tea and 
this brand couldn't be more TBB approved. I also just love that tea makes you feel serene. It makes you feel peaceful. It may help ease your anxiety, encourage you to slow down and be intentional. I've been off of caffeine now, just at the end of my pregnancy. I just naturally haven't wanted caffeine for the last several weeks. So I've been all about the tea, red raspberry leaf tea for that labor stimulation. And they just have so many different amazing options. So use that code blonde, go to artoftea.com and shop around. Let me know what you find. Tag me on your Instagram when you try. And with that, let's get into this episode, solo chit chat. Okay. So we'll probably just go in so many different directions as always, which is fun. We got to keep it, keep everybody on their toes keep it fun and different around here. So first I'll answer a question that came in about the first 40 days because I posted that book yesterday and everybody has been asking me what I think about the book, if that plan is something that I'm going to follow. And just to give you a little, a little um, down low on the first 40 days. So I found out about it because I have been seeing an Ayurvedic doctor for seven years. It's probably one of the first things that introduced me to true health and spirituality and awakening on such a deeper level when I found Ayurveda. So I've heard about the first 40 days for a while. The first 40 days is a book and also a lifestyle, a way of life and a way of approaching the postpartum period. So they would say like the fourth trimester, um, the first 40 to 100 days after birth. And in the first 40 days book, they talk about this period of confinement, which is where a woman remains at home, focusing on healing her body and bonding with her baby. And family members might come in or caretakers or postpartum doulas to help take over the household work and to make food and to nourish the mother and to just make the mother feel really amazing and heal. Because what we're doing with our bodies when we're growing and then birthing a baby is pretty much next level. It's like, this is like some mythical stuff. Like I cannot even believe what women are capable of doing. So of course there's a healing period. And then as modern mothers here in the West, especially in the US, we are just pushed often to bounce back after delivering our babies and are left alone to face all of the new physical and emotional challenges at this stage of our lives. So the first 40 days is all about honoring this time, honoring the needs of the mother, and then focusing on like really replenishing and nourishing meals, um, lactation boosting teas, and just being really taken care of. So I am really into the book so far. A lot of people have asked me, how will I do the first 40 days because I'm vegan. And in the first 40 days book, they have lots of recipes and ideas for really nourishing postpartum meals and food, which is often based in kitchery, which is vegan actually, um, except for the ghee typically. And then there's lots of like stews and there's a lot of animal protein and bone broth in those stews. So of course I will make it my own and I will veganize it, which is pretty easy to do. A lot of vegan foods are also very nourishing and it also focuses on warming foods. So staying away from things like smoothies and juices and like salads, all that kind of stuff, because that would provide back to the yin and keep you cold and wouldn't be the best 
milk production and all that kind of stuff. So I'm lear- I'm learning a lot from the book. Um, I don't know how much I will take from it and how much I will implement. But what I know I'm going to implement for sure is that we'll be having a postpartum doula and also a postpartum chef. So our doula is a chef and she'll be bringing meals a couple times a week. And then I'm also going to hire a postpartum chef to bring meals like kitchery and all these warming foods because the whole goal is to not be on my feet very much while I'm healing and just really take this time with the baby. And I also remember learning about this from Amanda Chantal Bacon, the founder of Moon Juice, when she came on the podcast a few years ago and she was in her third trimester of pregnancy. And I remember her telling me that she was going to do the first 40 days and that she was really going to focus on not even having technology in the bedroom. So like barely being on her cell phone, if at all, no computer, no email, no nothing. And that is a goalpost for me. That is something that I would absolutely love to achieve. I don't know where my exact intentions will fall because I keep saying that when the baby comes, I know I'm going to just have that maternal instinct kick in in a whole new way. And he's going to show me the way he's going to show me what he's comfortable with in terms of being shared on social media, pictures, videos, I don't know, any of that kind of stuff. But I do know that those, that my main intention is to take a lot of downtime from technology, really not be on my phone very much, not on my computer at all. I will not be responding to emails and I'm already getting into this headspace. I talked about this in a recent blog post that I feel like I've been in the early stages of labor for the last week and a half. Ever since I ended up going to the hospital and having those miniature contractions for the first time and finding out that I was one centimeter dilated um, at 35 weeks, I realized I was in at least the spiritual and emotional levels of early stages of labor already. So in that way, I have not been on my emails. I have really let my text messages go and it feels so good. Like I am a recovering notorious people pleaser. I don't ever want to make anyone feel like I am not getting back to them or I'm not prioritizing them. And I do that at my own detriment and my own fault until I reach the point, of course, which I always do of crashing and burning in my own body and not having the rest and the nourishment that I need for myself to move forward. And then also the people around me. So like, I hate when Jonathan and Hudson and my parents and my family get the scraps of my personality because I'm giving my personality outward to everyone else all day long. Um, And then with a baby coming, that's gonna be of utmost importance. So I just wanna focus on the home and making our bedroom, our sanctuary, and just making this whole, making our whole home, like the coziest, most sanctuary type of place that it could possibly be. We finished the nursery recently. I've put some pictures on Instagram. It's like a Zen meditation space. It's my favorite room in our home. It's so beautiful. Jonathan made it perfect with the curtains and the plants. And we did a celestial theme, of course. So I envision lots of time in there as well. And Just like keeping the lights low, keeping our salt rock lamp on, lots of candles, lots of music, and just making it really cozy in here, which is all about upping that oxytocin, which is what brings a baby into the world. And I know that that is what 
this baby is going to feel comfortable and happy with when he gets here. So I'm really excited for that time. I'll keep you guys more posted on whatever I do with the first 40 days because I'm still learning a lot about it. But what I'm loving about that book, and of course, this is like not sponsored by the book or the author or anything. I just want to share more with you guys about it. What I'm loving the most about that book is reading about all of these different cultures across the world and how they treat the postpartum period. And yes, it's a little depressing because the United States does not honor this period of life really whatsoever, other than maybe like a week or two after a mother gives birth. But I'm loving reading about cultures really everywhere across the world and all of their ancient traditions. It makes me want to go back and read The Red Tent, which is a book that I read, probably a lot of people read, um, when I was a teenager and just get into like the divine feminine of this time and moving from maiden to mother and all of the mystical, mythical elements that are wrapped up in there. It's so spiritual and so beautiful and such an awakening time. I just cannot wait to dive really, really deep into it. And I can really see myself like this whole birth portal is igniting a huge passion for me. And I'm seeing a path forward in some way, working with mothers or working with mothers in this late stage of pregnancy or postpartum period. I don't know if it's like a product or a brand that's trying to channel through me or what. I don't know if I see myself being a doula because. There's, I know so many amazing doulas and they're absolutely saints and the way that they give up their own schedule and they wake up in the middle of the night and they miss sometimes miss holidays with their families because they're in service to the women giving birth to their clients giving birth. I think it's so beautiful. And in many ways I could see myself being a doula maybe in the future. And in many ways, I could also leave that to the doulas who were born to be doulas, but I feel some something brewing for the future, working with women in this way. And that's feeling really, really exciting. So I'll move on to another topic. You guys are sending in lots of good questions on Instagram right now. Let's see here. Heather says, do you plan to record the podcast while you're on leave to document birth and after? Um, I don't know yet. I think it could be really, really nice to do a sit down episode with Jonathan and talk about our birth. And I know we'll do that. I just don't know when. Like I said, I'm going to be stepping back from technology, not going to be working for a while. And as fun as the podcast is for me, which is very fun, it's also my work. And so when I'm even going through the act of plugging in the microphones and turning on GarageBand and all of that, I, I feel, you know, this is my work. So you can imagine what it feels like to dive right back into work after doing something really, really big, like giving birth, but maybe we'll be inspired. And I just want to follow the flow and the inspiration of whatever channels through something that I know that we're going to be doing also beyond talking about the birth on the podcast when the time is right is YouTube. We, Jonathan and I are both feeling really inspired to bring our YouTube channel back, something that we were really into for a while at the height of quarantine. And then we kind of walked away from mostly because the editing process is just not my passion, but he wants to learn how to edit. And we really want to bring our YouTube back and our vlogging and think about doing some sort of like family vlog. And we would really, really like to do a birth vlog. So 
We're definitely going to capture the content for you guys and for us, because we're going to want to look back on this, like the most special type of home video that there could ever be. Um, And we will definitely be doing that. But to answer your question about the podcast, yes, we will. I think my first episode back, even if it's just like a random episode in the middle of January or February, before I really come back to the podcast, it will be a birth story with Jonathan. Our baby boy will be in the background. It'll be really, really special. I just don't know when that will be, but I'm excited. Um, Okay. Someone asked, what is your and Jonathan's love languages? So we are so into the love language book. Jonathan likes to joke that I introduced him to the love language book probably on like our second or third week of dating, which is a bold move because, you know, it's like, hey, we're very serious. We should learn each other's love languages. But that's how much that book is important to me. And I highly recommend it to to any and all couples. Um, So my biggest love languages, because basically they say you have a primary love language and then like a secondary one. My primary one is words of affirmation. And then my secondary one is definitely quality time. And Jonathan gives love in many ways by acts of service. And that's not really one of my love languages, but I still love that he does it. So he has had to lean into what my love languages are to really fulfill my love needs in that way. But he's hugely amazing at words of affirmation. He writes me poems and letters every morning. And I'm just a word person. I'm such a words person. So those letters and those poems and just nice things that he says to me throughout the day, that sustains me. That is 100% my love language. And then lots of quality time, which is why I love traveling together. I love doing anything together. We had dinner at Erewhon last night, which is a grocery store. And that fills me up. Like quality time is everything to me. And then his love languages, he's also a big words of affirmation person. He likes acts of service, which is probably why he gives acts of service so much. We often give in our own love language because that's what we envision, you know, the other person is going to love as well. And oftentimes it's not really true. That's why the book is so important. But he loves when I do acts of service, which doesn't come as naturally to me, like around the house. So if he comes home and I have pristinely cleaned our entire kitchen, just, you know, just because, not because he asked me to or not because I made a mess in there, but just made it perfect and organized it and maybe organized one of our closets, that would fill him up more than you guys would ever know. So I try to do that kind of thing way more often than not, especially because it's not 100% in my nature to be that way. Um, (laughs) I just wasn't born that way. So I try to do a lot of acts of service for him. He's also a physical touch person. And I would go so far as to say he also absolutely loved words of affirmation. And then the other one, I think the only one that I haven't mentioned yet is the giving and receiving gifts. And I don't think that that's really high on either one of our list, but, um, we still do it. You know, I love to receive gifts from him and give him gifts. And that's just not like the highest on our list. A funny story about love languages is that I've been trying to teach them to my mom and dad. Well, my mom totally gets it. My mom and I are trying to teach it to my dad and he's so much. Every time I tell him all of the different five, he's always like, 
I'm all of them. I like all of those things. I do all of those things. And I think that that's how we all feel when we read the five love languages, which are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, giving and receiving gifts, and physical touch. And of course, it's important to have all five of those things in your romantic relationship. But one of them and then a secondary one are always going to be the most important. So we've really had to get it through my dad's head about that. And he's like, acts of service, acts of service. And we're like, no, that's how you give love. That, But but your wife, aka my mom, she wants to receive love in more of a words of affirmation kind of way, just like me. So it can take a lot of conversations and communication to really get the love languages down within a partnership. And if this is new to you and your partner or like you totally get it, but your partner, you know, can't totally wrap their head around it. My advice would just be, just be really patient because this is such a beautiful way to honor each other's needs and love each other. And it doesn't come super naturally to everyone at first, but just knowing and honoring those things about each other is really, really beautiful. So let's get to another question. Everybody always asks me about coffee enemas, probably because I'm the coffee enema queen. I love coffee enemas. It goes all the way back to my original days of Ayurveda, um, like I was talking about in the beginning of the episode. And coffee enemas, you guys, they get such a bad reputation. The funny thing is, I didn't even know about this. I live in such a health and wellness bubble, and I'm surrounded by so many cool Ayurvedic practitioners and colonic hydrotherapists and people who are on the cutting edge of all this kind of healing, even though this healing is completely ancient. So to say cutting edge would be just like going back to ancient times. Um, I did a coffee enema TikTok that talks all about just kind of breaking down how to do a coffee enema in the one minute TikTok period. And it went kind of viral. And I got so much hate on that TikTok because natural wellness and natural healing is really shocking and triggering to people who are not used to hearing about it. Um, So I was shocked because I thought this was like such a wholesome healing video about coffee enemas that was just really simple and easy to make that morning. And people were freaking out. How dare you recommend coffee enemas? It was actually kind of funny when I look back on it. TikTok is the wild west, just like so much of the internet is. Um, But I would say if you're interested in learning more about coffee enemas, then I would recommend typing in the Balanced Blonde Coffee Enemas on Google, which will bring you to my coffee enema blog post, which breaks it all down. And if you have TikTok, you can look for that TikTok, but the blog post really, really names it all. And I really miss coffee enemas because I haven't done a single one in pregnancy, just instinctually and intuitively. It hasn't felt like the right time to do a coffee enema detox while I'm pregnant, which would probably be my recommendation to pregnant women in general. But of course, we're all different. So I'm eager to get back into those. And what I love about them the most is just how much they help to detox the liver, to really detox the colon and pull out a lot of bile and heavy metals and things that we do not want in our system. So if you have parasites or mold issues, or if you're healing from Lyme disease, these are all the different kinds of people that I would recommend dive into learning more about coffee enemas. You can also do them with a practitioner. You don't have to do them at home. I do them on my own kitchen floor because I have been doing them for so many years. And it's 
also a thing that you don't want to overdo. And if I learned anything from people blowing up at me about coffee enemas on TikTok, it would be to just reiterate the fact that no need to overdo the coffee enema life, but of course do what works for you. When I was studying the Gerson therapy, um, which is healing for cancer and can also be healing for other things like Lyme disease, mold illness, et cetera. Um, there are a lot of coffee enemas done in the day in the Gerson therapy, like upwards of six to eight or more. But what you're also doing at the same time is replenishing your body, replenishing your hydration, drinking tons of fresh juices, tons of water, tons of healing, nourishing foods for the gut, and you're resting a lot and you're under the supervision of a doctor. So it really spans. It depends again on what your symptoms are, what your ailments are, how sick you are, how healthy you are to decide what the proper coffee enema schedule would be like for you. But in the blog post, I also have um, the tools that you need, the equipment, the brands that I like to make it really easy for you. And I love, like my favorite thing is going on Instagram and at least once a week, I have a message from someone. I'm about to do a coffee enema. I'm so nervous. Like, what what are you, what are your tips? And I love it because I love that people associate me with coffee enemas because I, I've been talking about them for so long. And I also love that this healing is getting more normalized and is getting more spread far and wide because alternative healing methods are where it's at. That's what I believe. Okay. The Brit Olsen, beautiful, beautiful girl, um, who's been in our community for a long time says, what's your intention as you step into motherhood? I have so many intentions. I love this question. I think my main intention is to really shift my life into a whole new state of being. I have been just this, I don't want to say single person because I'm married and I have my little family with Jonathan and Huddy. But aside from that, I have been just this singular person for so long. This maiden, as I was saying earlier, the transition from maiden to mother is so beautiful. And I've been able to fly by the seat of my pants. I've been able to basically do whatever I want, go to an ayahuasca ceremony in the mountains, turn my phone off for five days, go to Bali pre-COVID times, you know, by myself, travel around, seek my own soul, my own spirituality, my own healing journey, go away to water fasts. I think of, of all the people that I know, I'm one of the people who tends to be the most spontaneous. I, and I thrive off of that. I enjoy it so much. If I wake up one day here in LA and I think, you know, I would rather be in Santa Barbara today than I would drive to Santa Barbara. I would get a hotel. I would write for the night. I would write fiction or poetry or whatever felt like pouring forth from my heart. And I've always known that when I got pregnant and when I would bring a child into this world, a lot of that would change. And the question to the degree of how much that will change is interesting because I want to keep living my life and I want to bring my son along for the ride. I want to show him this alternative way of life that I've built and the spontaneous way of life that Jonathan and I love to live as a couple. So I do hope and believe and hold the intention really strongly and the vision that we'll be a spontaneous, adventurous family and we'll continue to do a lot of these things together. But my other intention is to really um, 
blend into motherhood in a way that feels really good for me, in a way that doesn't make me feel like I'm no longer seen or that my needs are no longer being met. I really don't want to do that. That's why, you know, this Ayurvedic way of life and the first 40 days principles and all of that really speak to me because I do think the way that a mother becomes a mother is the way that the child starts to kind of, it's it's the child's first glimpse into what it's like to be here in this world. So I always want to nourish myself and show my son that that's a beautiful way to live. And I want him to be able to live that way too. Um, but I also am really, really excited and curious in a way to see myself become a mother and almost, um, put this little being before myself in a way, in many ways. I mean, isn't that, that's how my mom is. And I love the way that I was raised. My mom was born to be a mom. She does so much for me. And in many ways, I just can't 100% envision myself being as selfless as my own mom. I, maybe a lot of people feel this way. Maybe they don't. Um, and maybe it's because I have my business and my brand and I keep myself very busy, very full all the time. Um, that the whole concept of being like so selfless for another little being just seems so different for me. And for that reason, because it's different and I love to challenge myself and do things that are different for me, I'm excited to do that because I know how I am. I know how I am as a cat mom and I know that I'm a deeply maternal person and a deeply loving person. So I guess I'm just excited to see how I transition into motherhood and I know that's not really an answer to the question of my intention, but my intention is to be the best mother that I can be and for my son to be happy and to feel so loved and to feel so seen and alive and awake in this world and to make his transition earthside as beautiful as possible. Because some of you know this, some of you may not, I have remembered being born for my whole life. And this has been the subject of like people making fun of me when I was younger because people didn't always believe me until I started to surround myself with other people who were so much on my wavelength, who also remember being born. Like my dear, amazing, dearest friend, Kenzie, who many of you know. Um, it, and it was so healing to talk to Kenzie about it and have her say, yeah, I remember being born too. Um, because this was, you know, a topic when I was younger that people would think she's just making this up. And truth be told, there was no making up of this. I remember being born and I remember coming into the world. And I remember the feeling, the feeling that I had was, this is going to be really hard. And like, oh shit, here we go again. Here we go again. The world is cold. The world is harsh. This is not the beautiful spiritual realm that I came from. All those feelings that I can now put words to. And when I was a kid, I didn't put those words to it at all. I just remembered being born. And I remembered the feeling of being um, surprised and shocked and kind of turned off and cold by the whole environment. But obviously things got better. I had a beautiful childhood. Um, I want to make that transition for my son as seamless and as beautiful as possible. So maybe that's my top answer to this question is to, um, my intention is to be a vessel in a home 
and a soul family for my son who sees him for who he really is deep in his soul and his core, um, which I'm really, really excited about. So that he, if he remembers being born and remembers these first days of his life, which I'm sure he will because he's such a little cosmic starseed inside of me, I already feel that, um, then that would be my goal. Just like make this life thing really fun. And Jonathan always reminds me, I love this about Jonathan, that like things are not so serious and can't we just laugh sometimes about our circumstances and and where we are and who we are and all the things. And I love that. So I want to br- I want to bring humor and fun into my son's life and also just watching Jonathan become a dad is going to be so beautiful. I feel like I'm going to learn so much from him. Um, he's very much a natural, so I'm excited. I don't know if that answers your question in a linear way, but it was a really, really fun one for me to think about and to answer. Before we dive into some more questions and then wrap it up a little bit, I want to thank our second sponsor for today's show, Olipop. We love Olipop over here in TBB fam. Olipop is my absolute favorite healthy alternative to soda. I've never liked soda, but one thing that I always did like when I was younger was root beer. I know they're root beer soda, but I liked root beer floats. I was all about the root beer floats. They were like my favorite thing in the entire world. And, um, I still really like them. I just haven't had one in so long, except for Olipop. So first you should know that you can get an amazing deal on Olipop when you go to drinkolipop.com slash blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E. And I love being able to offer you guys that. And my favorite flavor, like I said, is the root beer, but they also have vintage cola, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla and strawberry vanilla and grape. And they use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your gut microbiome and benefit your digestive health. So I think what a lot of people don't know is that so many of us just consume sugar in a way that we don't even realize. Sugar's in everything. We obviously know, in this community at least, that sugar is in soda, tons of sugar, but sugar is also in everything. So the reason that I love Olipop so much is that it's so low in sugars. There's no added sugars at all. They only have two to five grams and they come from natural sources. So if you compare that to like a regular Coca-Cola, which has 40 grams of sugar, you can see why it's such a better alternative in every way. All of their products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly with less than eight grams net carbs per can. And they are so confident that you will love their products that they offer a 100% money-back guarantee for all orders placed through their website. I also love, like I said, that there's fiber and prebiotics, so it's a gut-healthy, healthy alternative to soda. Would make a really good gift for people that you love for the holiday season or perhaps just to have on tap at your holiday party for all of those fellow people like me who don't drink alcohol. This is such a good time of year to buy Olipop. So we have worked out an exclusive deal for our TBB listeners. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. This is a great way to try all of their flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com blonde or use the code blonde at checkout to claim this deal. 
That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P dot com slash blonde. This discount is only valid for their variety pack. You can also shop them in stores, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Erewhon. So with that, let's get into a few more questions. I love reading the questions that you guys sent in. Everybody wants to know what are your guesses on baby's due date and or a baby's birth date. And I, I'm hesitant to say, because again, I don't know if by the time this episode comes out, he'll be born or not. But I was kind of feeling the seventh. I've been feeling the seventh. I love 201. Obviously, you guys know that's my lucky number. So anything that's like 12, 10, 21, 12, 20, 21, 12, 21, 21, Today that I'm recording this is December 2nd. And because I had contractions all night last night, I thought maybe he would be a 1202 21 baby, which is so 201. And also, Jonathan and I keep feeling like he's just gonna surprise us. It's it's a tough call. My friend Claire, one of my best friends from college, she was born on September 13th, and she's feeling like our baby's gonna be born on December 13th and have that 13th energy. I've also thought the 18th, which is the same birthday as a couple people who are really important in my life. And other than that, I've now named so many dates <laughs> that it, I, I just have to leave it up to the mystery of the universe. And it's so beautiful and so exciting. Oh, you guys, I just paused it because Jonathan just walked in in the middle of the day. I'm shocked. Uh, Hi, this was going to be our episode and now it's a solo episode. What's up, peeps? Give everybody some... Mwah. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. I just walked in. I know. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> words of wisdom about what? Um, life. Life. Just life. Words of wisdom. This is Jordan for you guys, by the way. I just literally walked in to grab some shoes for my workout, and she just <laughs> says, "Like I'm recording a podcast, and what are some words of wisdom about life?" Um, I would say this: if being hard on yourself got you where you wanted to be you'd be there by now. So ease up a little bit. That's beautiful. And also, what's your love language? I was, I was, at, at, I was answering questions about love languages. All of them. Mwah. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. But I think you are an acts of service person. Uh, probably. You guys, he's already walking out of the room, so you can't even hear him anymore. Hudson will keep me company. It's fine. Um, I love you, Bebe. He's so cute, you guys. He's the best. Um, okay, let's see here. Thoughts on food combining. Well, I love food combining. That's why I created a program called the Celestial Diet, as well as the 22-Day Detox, which incorporates food combining, SOS-free plant-based living, which means salt, oil, sugar-free. It's the way of life that healed me, my digestive system, my body, my stomach. I have felt amazing food combining. I know that food combining has gotten an interesting reputation among some because quote unquote, where's the science? But I like to live life anecdotally and not always based on science, quote unquote. I mean, also, what does that even mean? But don't even get me started on that whole topic of conversation. Um, let's just say food combining anecdotally helped me so much in my life and also has helped heal so many people that I've worked with. Bye, love. Have a fun workout has helped me, um, has helped so many of my health coaching clients and the people who 
go through the celestial diet and the 22 day detox. And for those of us with sensitive stomachs who are recovering from chronic illness, we do need extra support. And so I would say those of us who are really deep in our healing journey are going to be more well served by something like food combining than perhaps someone who just feels amazing all the time anyway. Maybe they don't need to incorporate food combining in their life. We're all different. But what I love about the principles of food combining is that you still have, you have so much food freedom. You're just eating different foods at different times. And if you also want to think of it in the way of food combining just really means eat simple foods. Don't pack in a million different types of foods on one plate. That's always going to be hard to digest. I think even science would tell you that. (laughs) Science, quote unquote. And I have really, really loved following food combining in my life. Now that I've been pregnant for nine and a half months, practically 10 months by the time this episode comes out, have I been practicing food combining during my pregnancy? No. And I had a really nice conversation on the podcast earlier this summer with Kimberly Snyder about this, who's a celebrity plant-based nutritionist and one of my dear friends. And she said, no, pregnancy is not the time for food combining. Just eat what you can get down, eat what you can keep down. Honestly, you guys, I've been so nauseous even in the third trimester, which I don't know how common that is to be nauseous in the third trimester. I am lucky to eat, let alone, you know, worry about things like food combining. But yes, I've been plant-based in my pregnancy. It has felt amazing. A lot of people asking about salt oil sugar-free living here. I would recommend going to my blog, typing in salt oil sugar-free on the balanced blonde. You can learn all about it there and doing the celestial diet or the 22-day detox. And just a fun little tidbit for you guys. I had the code blonde20 live um, for a 20% discount during Black Friday and Cyber Monday on everything in my digital store. So all my programs, all my plant-based eating, um, recipe eBooks, all of that. And I just never deactivated the code because I've barely been on my computer. And I kind of like to see if people still trickle in with the code. I've done that like a couple times before. So potentially it'll still be live and you could try using Blonde20. Um, Just for our podcast fam here, if you're listening really carefully, if you're interested in SOS Free Living and the Celestial Diet. Okay, everyone has been asking good pregnancy books. I have not read that many pregnancy books, you guys. And I think the reason is because I've been so committed to doing things intuitively that every time I start reading a pregnancy book, I'm just like, nope, I don't want to get really stuck on what somebody else is telling me about pregnancy and diet and nutrition while pregnant and all of that because it's all so personal, It's all such an intimate, intuitive experience. So I'm not saying don't read pregnancy books. I'll tell you the ones that I do really like. I've been loving the first 40 days, like I was talking about earlier in the episode. Um, The doula Lori Bregman has written some really good pregnancy books. She has one called The Mindful Mama or The Mindful Mama-to-be. And that one has been really nice. My friend who just had a baby gave me that book when I first got pregnant. And I've really enjoyed reading that. This book is not a pregnancy book, but I've read, I've been reading the book, um, the conscious parent. And I also listened to the author of that book on Oprah's podcast and was totally blown away. Um, the conscious parent is by Shafali Sawberry. I hope I'm saying that right. 
And I think that's such a beautiful book, just talking about raising kids consciously and in a gentle way and how wise our children are and how much we have to learn from our children and basically just not being those parents with a stick up our butt who think that we know best, who are stuck in the past or stuck in the way that we were raised. Like it's really about coming up and out of those circumstances of however we were raised and committing to doing things differently. So I really love that. Um, Ina May, she, wait, am I saying this right? I have read so many, so many books. Yeah. Ina May Gaskin. She was like one of the original American midwives. Um, she's been described as the mother of authentic midwifery. Yes. Midwifery is a word. Jonathan loves that word. You'd think it would be midwifery, but it's midwifery. And she developed this place called The Farm in the 1970s, where she started doing midwifery and um, doing these natural births. And she really like brought childbirth back to a natural state of living in America. So I think that that's really, really cool. And I have loved her book, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. She has a bunch of different books. And although my birth plan is not, you know, I don't know how to put this. It's not 100% natural because of the health history that I've had. I'm hoping to have as natural of a birth as possible. And I've learned a lot from those books from her. So those are some favorites. Let's see. Gentle Birth, Gentle Parenting is a really good book that was recommended by my doula, Patty. And by the way, I really want to have Patty, my amazing doula, on the podcast after I come back from my hiatus. Um, I wanted to have her on before, but it's been such a wild time. I think having her on after will be amazing. And then we can talk all about the birth as well. Okay, Lizzie Corey says, experiences with astral projection. So, oh my gosh, who saw that show? What was that show called? Behind Her Eyes on Netflix about astral projection. That was so wild. And I was so happy to see astral projection talked about in like a mainstream TV show. But I also think it was shown in such a scary light, such a terrifying light. Um, I don't know how I feel about that overall. But I do a lot of astral projection just from the comfort of my own bed while I'm sleeping. And I have really, really strong energetic boundaries. And if I didn't have really strong energetic boundaries, I would, um, I would recommend learning more about setting your boundaries with spirits and the spiritual realm before you start trying to do something like astral project. Although a lot of us, we just astral project without even realizing it. And I know I've been told that my baby will be doing a lot of astral projecting because they're already coming from this beautiful spiritual realm. And so for anyone who doesn't know what astral projection is, it is basically an intentional out-of-body experience that assumes the existence of a soul called an astral body, which is your body, that is separate from the physical body and capable of traveling all around the universe. So people can astral project and have these out-of-body experiences. If you've ever had a dream in the middle of the night that felt truly out of body and then you wake up and you feel exhausted and depleted, like you really didn't get any sleep at all to begin with, um, 
you were probably astral projecting, or maybe I like to believe, and I do believe that there are parallel universes and that past lifetimes of ours are happening simultaneously alongside of this lifetime. And so sometimes when we're sleeping, our astral body will go into one of those like parallel bodies that is still you, you know, doing something maybe similar to what you would be doing here in this life, but not a hundred percent the same. And when you're astral projecting, you can find a lot of spiritual truths and evolve your consciousness. Um, you just want to be in a really, really clear mindset. So meditating can help you get into a really cl clear mindset and then setting boundaries. Like I will straight up say to the universe, okay, no dark spirits are allowed in my realm. No dark spirits are allowed in my room, in my home, around any of my loved ones. If I am going to leave my body tonight while I'm sleeping, I will only come into contact with beings of the highest and greatest good who will help me to evolve my consciousness, who will bring me joy and light and bring healing to my body. But I refuse to come into contact with any dark spirits or any negativity. I do not hold that vibration. I keep my vibration clean and clear and light. So basically that's one way to firm up your boundaries is to just speak them to the universe. And then when you meditate, you can envision yourself in like a white bubble of light or a pink or purple bubble of light, or just like beautiful auric colors coming out of your heart space or your solar plexus. And then just really be open to what's going on in our multi multi-dimensional universe. And when you're open to the multidimensional universe, you're more likely to have these metaphysical experiences. And when you do have a metaphysical experience, it really makes you realize, wow, the way that we think about life, the way we look at life is so limited during our conscious awareness while we're awake. So understanding that there is a beautiful multidimensional universe out there, whatever that means to you. If that means your higher self or your ancestors in heaven or more like parallel universes or star seeds, Pleiadians, whatever it is that your belief really, really aligns with, just know that you have so much power in your body to connect with those other realms, with those other versions of you, with your ancestors, with your loved ones who have passed on. And I would just recommend, like I said, a daily meditation practice, a really, really clear practice of boundaries, and then just an openness to see where you go. And this doesn't have to happen while you sleep. Some people, of course, sleep, wake up, don't remember what they've dreamed at all, whether they've astral projected or not. You can try to astral project in your meditations. And this is something that I tend to do a lot when I'm listening to a Joe Dispenza meditation because I root so firmly in this, in this space, in this state of mind, in this physical body that I'm able to travel outside of the body. But I will say before you get really rooted in your body um, and really feel your connection to this earth, it's harder to travel. And I think it can be a little bit more, you can open yourself up to some energies that might not be the best and I'm not saying like dark, evil energies. I just mean energies that might deplete you a little bit. Um, we don't want you to be depleted. We just want these to be beautiful, metaphysical, awakening experiences. 
Okay, let's see here. As you guys can tell, I'm like out of breath from just talking, even though I'm laying in bed. That's the third trimester for you. Um, let's see here. How long after the baby will you wait to do a plant medicine experience again? Wonderful question. It's been hard enough for me to wait while I'm pregnant. Um, and I was having a really beautiful conversation with someone very, very wise the other day, someone who knows way more than I do about psilocybin and the healing properties um, about our future with psilocybin and microdosing and potentially pregnancy. And I have stayed away from all plant medicines while I've been pregnant because I've just been really cautious through this whole pregnancy, which you've probably heard me say is completely not like me. I'm not a, ca a cautious person. I'm a very rebellious person. But when it comes to this living being, this baby boy inside of me, I've chosen to be really cautious because this is his life as well, not just my life that I'm sustaining right now. So I guess the answer to that question is I really look forward to having more plant medicine experiences as soon as possible. And from there, I just don't know when it's going to be. It'll be a while before I am able to do like a deep ayahuasca ceremony, I'm assuming, because I'm not going to be leaving my baby for a long time. I'm feeling so attached to his little spirit, um, which is why I did so much healing and so much work with plant medicine before I got pregnant. And one of my intentions with my last ayahuasca ceremony last November was knowing like Jonathan and I are ready to try to bring a baby into this world. And for that reason, let's do this. Let's go all out. Let's do our final ayahuasca ceremony before we're parents, see what it brings, see what comes. And it was really deep and beautiful for both of us. But something lighter, something like psilocybin um, could be a really beautiful reintroduction for me. I know this is a safe space to talk about this stuff. I know this is not stuff that everyone is interested in or okay with, but I have found so much healing through plant medicine. So I look forward to knowing in my soul when the time is right to do a little bit of microdosing. And I've also talked a lot with a lot of experts about microdosing and breastfeeding and all of that. And I still don't know kind of where I stand with all of that. But I do know that once I have my baby boy, I'm just going to have that maternal instinct that I keep referring to. And the, the short answer is I can't wait. I miss it so much. Also, I have some friends who have really had their postpartum depression really, really, really helped and healed and enhanced by microdosing psilocybin. So I'm super open. And I can't even believe that in just a few short weeks or days or whatever it may be, I will be the only person in my body again. It's wild. The last 10 months having myself and my son in my body to think about. And of course, breastfeeding is like, he's still going to be in my aura. He's still going to be feeling so much of what I feel, um, ingesting so much of what I ingest. So again... I'm sure I will approach it cautiously and do all of the research and then we'll see what happens from there. I'm sure I will keep you guys very updated if it feels right. I mean, I want to keep you guys updated. There are other people out there um, who are not as understanding. So we'll see. Okay. Wow. I'll do a final question right now. What am I looking the most forward to in the next few months? The thing I'm looking the most forward to is looking my son in the eyes, 
wrapping him up in my arms and having that first skin to skin moment, seeing what he looks like, making sure, well, I was going to say making sure he's healthy. That is not, I know he's healthy. Um, locking eyes, just having that moment. It's going to be so beautiful. I'm so excited. I'm filled with so much joy. I feel like I'm in this vortex right now that just barely, barely even feels real because it's so wild, unusual, something I've never experienced before. This final, final stages of pregnancy about to bring life into this world. And Um, If you listened to my episode a couple weeks ago with James McRae from Words Are Vibrations, we talked about both being writers and having podcasts and how sometimes it's more comfortable to to write our feelings and we feel we can best, best express ourselves through writing. And I try to express myself as as much and as clearly and effectively as I can through podcasting. And I think I've learned a lot over the last five years and you guys make it easy because it's so fun to talk to you guys. But sometimes I do feel, well, I always feel that the written word is how I express myself best. So if you haven't read my blog post about the final days of pregnancy, I would definitely say, go check it out. I think it will, it will share a lot about where I'm at. And if you're not interested that's totally fine as well. But for people who are interested or people who are also pregnant, I know a lot of you are, are hoping to be pregnant soon. I think that would be a great thing to read. And I just love all of you guys so much. I don't even know how to wrap this up. I think it's probably divine fate that I have to leave right now for a Chinese medicine appointment with my doctor. Um, Otherwise, I would never be able to wrap this up succinctly because I'm not good with farewells or goodbyes or even goodbye for nows. I never have been. Um, But this is not a goodbye. This is just a pause, a sacred pause. And since it's almost the holidays, I really want to remind you that you too can find your sacred pause and maybe give back to yourself, nourish yourself during this time more than you would ever normally think of doing. You deserve it. The holidays are such a beautiful time to be off our screens and in the world. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, make sure your family, your friends, your loved ones are not getting the scraps of you and your personality because you've given it away to everybody else at work or on the internet or people who are not in your closest inner circle save that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful meat of yourself for the people who deserve it the most. And that's what I'm going to be focusing on this holiday season, whether I have my baby before Christmas or after Christmas or what. Um, Oh, it's so wild. It's so exciting. And thank you guys again for being here. Thank you for listening to me ramble from bed. I hope I'm making, you know, sense Um, because this is just a crazy time. And honestly, for days, I've been like, why? Why did I wait to record this podcast episode? I should have recorded it sooner when before my brain fog took over and before I really came into the depths of what I've been calling the early stages of of labor. Um, But I think it's just always meant to be. And I hope that this episode met you exactly where you are And I'm so honored that you are here listening to the podcast. And 
for the last couple of days, I've been receiving so many of your messages and tags about your Spotify top listens of the year and spending like over 2000 minutes or 6000 minutes sometimes listening to this podcast like that is the biggest honor you could ever give me so keep sending me those messages it it literally brings me to tears um it means more than you know to know that i'm not just talking into a microphone into the ethers but talking to individual people with so much amazing beautiful dynamic lives and personalities and spiritual elevated consciousnesses of your own. Ugh, I have chills. I have chills and I love you all. And I will see ya on Instagram and the blog and my newsletter. Um, Stay up to date there. And also I'll see you when I'm back to the podcast. And I don't know what that's going to look like. Like I said, the maternity leave is is something that's a mystery to me. I'm leaving it really open. I don't want to have a lot of rules around it because I do not thrive off of rules. So if I told myself I wasn't allowed to do this, this, or this until April, that would not feel so good to me. Um, I'm leaving it open. I do think Jonathan's going to take over for a while, but I don't know what that's going to look like. You guys can stay super tuned about that and please, you know, give him all the love if and when he does. And maybe we'll co-host together or maybe I'll pop back on in a month or two to give some updates, talk about the birth story. Um, Or maybe I'll just be like, you know what? I had a baby and I love my podcast and I'm ready to get back to it sooner than I thought. So I'm really open to all the outcomes. But again, also here to show you guys that taking time off is deserved and we are so fucking worthy. That's how I'm going to wrap this up. We are so fucking worthy. You're so worthy of time to yourself. Take care of yourself, all the things. Now I will literally peel myself out of bed to go to my doctor's appointment so that I'm not more than 10 minutes late. I'm probably going to be like nine minutes late. Um, I love you guys so much. If you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, send a screenshot to Jane at thebalancebond.com. That's J-A-N-E at thebalancebond.com. She's my assistant. Since I won't be on my email, Jane will send you the free yoga ebook to thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast. And she'll send you a little note from me that I've pre-typed out to thank you for reviewing the podcast. Thank you to our sponsors of today's episode, Art of Tea and Olipop. You guys can find those links in the show notes. Uh, Those brands really make it possible for me to do the podcast and also to take some time off. So really grateful to them. Most of all, grateful to you, our TBB family. I can't wait to keep you guys updated. I won't be able to stay off Instagram for long with sharing updates about the baby and the birth and the labor. I'm like gonna cry because I'm so excited. I love you guys so much and we'll talk soon. Mwah.